There goes that crew, the, the wild and crazy chaos crew. You never know what's going to happen with Chaos Theory. They come out and they're bringing heat from the very beginning. I, I, I don't even know how I can follow those guys because they were on it today, which was kind of funny to me. Uh, there's a lot of passion behind this game, as we've all talked about throughout the time. But first and foremost, thank you for hanging with Harge. A, another day, Monday. The sun came out, folks, just in case everybody was wondering what the weather was going to be like. After that, this weekend, I looked outside, I walked around, the sun came out this morning. So just relax. But first, I want you to make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want you to follow us on all social media platforms. I am Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Hardball Hard. You can follow this network right here. My man BK has done a great job putting together the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. Make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at TS Unfiltered and on Instagram at Texas Sports Unfiltered. We had a great time uh, this past weekend over in Dallas. I mean, initially had a great time. I'll make sure you want to hit us up on the CODA text line as well, 512-222-9328. Want to make sure that you continue to hit us up because we had an excellent time up in Dallas. So first, I want to thank the great people that came to hang out with us over at Harwood Tavern. I mean, it was full of Texas fans, so we had a great time. And then I also want to thank everybody that came to hang out with us at the Old Mill Tavern right there, right in front of Big Tex. We didn't know which foot we were going to be at, but we had an unbelievable time. Okay, let's get right into it. The weekend was not what we wanted to be. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, a Texas Longhorn fan, a Texas A&M fan, even a Houston Astro fan, but I'll let you have that Astros. At least you were one and one. You you got a dub, but you took an L. But I also am sitting here thinking about what it was like to be at that Cotton Bowl on Saturday. The range of emotions we talked about. It. We knew that there were going to be a total. Um, transformation from what we saw last year. There was no way that the Oklahoma football team was going to come into that stadium and not think about the 49 to nothing butt whooping that they had last week. I mean, last year. And if you would have thought that that was going to happen, you were being naive to the situation. We heard Coach Sark early in the week talk about uh, Coach Venables and what he was going to be able to do and what his game plan was. Not necessarily the game plan, but you knew that that team was going to be pissed off coming into that game. There was no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. Anger was going to be a part of it. And they came out and they played inspired football. Now, the Texas Longhorn football team, Besides the slow start, they played well. You can't turn over the ball three times in this type of game and expect to win. You can't be on the goal line from one yard out and not be able to punch that in and expect to win. Then get any points off of that. Now, I know I've been watching on Twitter and getting text messages from different folks that I know that were saying, hey, the refs, the refs, the refs. Yes, Texas was out penalized more than Oklahoma. Yes, there were no holding calls on Oklahoma. There should have been a pass interference, possible face mask. But you got to play the game. 
And when you're that close, and it's man versus man, one-on-one, you have to beat the guy in front of you. And you can't do it from inside the one-yard line. You don't deserve to win. Period. That's just the facts of the matter. You wanted to be able to punch that ball in. And the momentum of the game, which is very delicate. We heard that from Coach Sark during his press conference at the end of the, at the end of the game. And I'll bring that to you. I'll let you hear what he had to say. But the play calling on the goal line. We had Earl Campbell, the legendary lifetime Hall of Fame running back. Earl Campbell on the show this past week, last week. And he said in between the tens, the twenties and the tens is when he makes his money. That goal line is that time to shine. You should not be denied the opportunity to get in and pay dirt. It's all about one. Offensive line. You got to have that push. You have to make that happen. And stretch plays and things like that, you know it's hard to get there on the corner. You can't get to the corner. It's just really tough especially the way that those guys were playing. They were bringing it. And Oklahoma remembered last year, I told you, they were going to come in ready to go. And you're right, T, time time management at the end of the game hurt them as well. And Sark's got to understand that. And again, one thing that I want to make sure that every Texas Longhorn fan knows your goals are still in front of you. I had Texas going 10 and 2 anyway this year. Now I'm more towards 11 and 1. But they have to be ready to go. Texas still should have won that game as bad as it felt they were playing. They should have won that game. And she is 100% correct about the time management. The time management at the end of the game was terrible. Goal line stand was so annoying. Exactly. The game is, is, is played between two teams every year. And we talked about this. We were fortunate. Both teams were undefeated. Everybody was trying to discredit what... Oklahoma had done so far. Everybody was looking at Oklahoma and saying they hadn't played in each other. They hadn't played anybody. And I kept saying, you play who's on the schedule and you dominate them. And that's exactly what they did prior to coming in to play Texas. You can't be naive. You can't try to put your head in the sand and think that that team wasn't a good football team. I tried to explain to everybody that Dylan Campbell was it, I mean, Dylan Campbell. I ran into Donovan. Shout out to Donovan, Dylan Campbell's dad. Dylan Gabriel was a good quarterback. He was somebody that I kept saying, you have to take an account because that dude is tough. And he went out there and played the game of his life against the University of Texas. 
You're telling me that dude wasn't inspired from by what he saw last year sitting on that sideline, watching his team get beat up and down the field in every way possible that you can think of by the Texas Longhorns? You don't think that dude had that in his mind the entire time? He was ready. You don't think Brent Venables or Brent Venables, it could be Brent, it could be Brent, Venables wasn't thinking about how bad his team performed last year. And I saw an an interview with Coach Venables talking about matching the intensity. And he said, he said, you can't teach that. The question was posed to him, and it was stated that you can't teach that intensity level in practice. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can come out there ready to fight every single day. Good versus good. Ones versus ones. Intense versus intense. Coaching staff coming out ready to go because you know what this game means. And everybody was treated to two 5-0 teams. Nationally televised. ESPN's game day. Right there. The nation knowing about how important this game is to everyone that is involved in it. 92,000 people inside. Another 150 all through the uh, state fair. Everybody knows what it's about. So when you're going into this game, you know that mistakes are going to hurt. They're going to cost you. Giving them a short field at the very beginning of the game after two plays, Quinn throws his interception. That kind of changes it. But then Texas comes back. They get an opportunity, get a punt block. Finally got special teams. There we go. Finally got us a punt block. Keaton Crawford come through the middle. Malik Muhammad, the freshman, getting a touchdown. We've been waiting for those moments. You get a fake punt uh, by Texas and Jordan Whittington. Hey, what I'll tell y'all, Jay Witt, this is where he shows up. This is the game plan. Oklahoma game, that's when my guy starts to take off. Showed up, played his butt off. Quinn yours at the very beginning of the game, after that, played his butt off. But the problem was this. Texas led them in pretty much every category that matters, except the scoreboard. Texas put up great numbers all game. Jonathan Brooks continuing to run the ball well. Had his what? I think it's his fourth straight game. Uh, Yeah, fourth consecutive game with at least 100 yards rushing. He finishes with 129 yards on 22 carries, and he got a touchdown. I mean, that's what you wanted to see. After the beginning of the game, Quinn yours played a really good game. He had 346 yards passing, a touchdown. I mean, you're looking at certain things. And I said, I want to give you this. And again, Texas fans, don't panic. Don't jump ship. Don't lose your mind. Yes, you can be upset with the loss. Not trying to discourage you of that. Be upset. You got two weeks to go through all your anger management issues. But understand, the goals of playing in a Big 12 championship, which should have been your goals from the very beginning. I know with the hype of getting all the way up to number three and 
people talking about Texas and we all wanted to get caught up in the moment and be a part of that. But you have to put everything in perspective. You still have everything set in front of you. You win it out, you get another opportunity. Hopefully it's against Oklahoma. You'll get a chance to make that up and everything will be better and we'll still be good. But what I've been continuing to tell you is take it one game at a time. Don't put the cart before the horse. And you're right, CB. Arlington or the season is the failure. That's right. We've been saying that from the very beginning. But there's a lot that needs to be cleaned up. Time management, as T was talking about. There's there's um the offensive and defensive lines have to play better. This was probably one of their I can't even say it was the offensive line's worst game because they put up big numbers all the way around the board. But there was some situations that they needed to get better and they needed some things to happen for. But here's some things that I talked about. My keys to the game. I said this on Friday at Hardwood Tavern. I said, well, before I get to my keys of the game, let me talk to you about my friends over at Covert BK. It's nestled on 42 acres in BK, Texas, right in the Texas Hill Country. They have seven brands in three state-of-the-art dealerships that you will never, ever believe it until you see it with your own eyes. They got Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And in addition to those seven brands, they have a Covert Ford in Huddle, and they have Ford Lincoln in Austin. You need to make sure you give yourself an opportunity to drive a Covert vehicle. Covert BKs has something for everyone. Covert BK services all makes and models. I just gave you every single vehicle that you would ever want to have service. And they have 86 service bays where the wait time will be minimal. Please visit covertbk.com for the latest specials and inventory or stop by for yourself and check it out and believe this. Ask for Marcus Washington Jr. or Sr. And of course, my cousin, Ira Clark. They are out there working for Covert. They're working hard for you. So no one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. Give them an opportunity. Go to covertbk.com. So I was telling you the keys to my, to this game was going to be important to me. The big keys to the game was going to be the lines of scrimmage. Texas did a good job coming into the, to that game, controlling both of them. The defense had to impose their will, and they didn't get to Dylan Campbell that way. That is something that I really was a little frustrated with because of the fact that I keep calling him Dylan Campbell. Dylan Gabriel was able to move the way that he, he, he wanted to during this game. I mean, he had 113 yards rushing. And had a long of 44 to put them in a position to win the game. So when you sit there and you look at how Dylan Gabriel came into this game, we kept talking about the lack of running game for the Oklahoma Sooners. You look at how this game was played and you say, was this them being coy the entire season and saving his legs to really run, drawing, drawing up quarterback draws, being able to see that when Texas would go man-to-man, he would drop. That was something that Quinn Ewers was doing before. And now 
He's not. He couldn't do it this week. Quinn didn't have his rushing game that he normally would because they, they made sure that they knew Quinn uses his legs a lot, so let's hold him up. And that's what they did. But you look at Dylan Gabriel's passing. He was 23 of 38, but he was making smart decisions. He didn't turn the ball over, which is another reason why the team with the least amount of turnovers normally wins this game. Texas had three of them, two interceptions, then a fumble by Quinn yours. But you sit and you watch and you say, man for man, Texas is still better. I'm not in denial. I'm not going to sit here and say that Oklahoma didn't have great players on the field. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. But I still believe that when you watch this game and everybody, I said, and everybody was talking about the quarterback matchup, I think they both did great. Quinn Ewers and Dylan Gabriel. The problem was Quinn turned the ball over. And you just had to make sure that you did the things that you practiced, your keys. I kept saying gap responsibility in a game like this is so vital. You have to protect those lanes. And Dylan Gabriel was able to, to find the lanes, and he made it happen. Tech Oklahoma was the better team. Oklahoma walked off with the win. Oklahoma now has bragging rights for the entire year as you hit. Well, until hopefully you get to December and you get a chance to do it. You get the chance for that rematch. But they have to play better football. They have to control the game. The play calling has to be better in those crucial situations. Oklahoma went up-tempo. Oklahoma was was putting pressure. I was like, man, I was getting gas watching them in the stands. I was like, wait a minute. These dudes are running plays. It looked like they were running plays every five seconds. And Texas' guys couldn't get ready to get on and off the field. They couldn't rotate normally like they did. And we've been giving uh, strength and conditioning coach Tory Beckham a lot of love. Rightfully so. He deserves it. And the conditioning was fine. I thought those guys that were in the game at those certain times, they just couldn't get to the quarterback because they were getting the ball out of his hands so quick. And when they did over-pursue, he would would find those running lanes and pick up that yardage. Now, we can be critical of certain things at certain times, and that's fair. That goes with the job. But again, let's not get it twisted, folks. You still have everything in front of you. After the game, players were being asked, coaches were being asked what they thought of how everything went. And the biggest question for me, for Texas, is you have to figure out your red zone issues. My man, C.J. Vogel, does a great job at Football Brainiacs. He posted something about the red zone just a little while ago. He said, uh, Texas has converted 24 trips, 24 red zone trips to just 11 touchdowns. Now, Bert Auburn was good, made all his kicks, did what he needed to do. I know we were worried about him. 
gave them an opportunity to win the game. Big time kick. Just like against Alabama, they got another opportunity. They drive down the field. Texas can't get the stop when they need to stop. Everything changes. But when you start to think about the fact that you've been in the red zone, 24 red zone trips and you only have 11 touchdowns, you have to come up with something else. You have to be able to change that narrative. So there's a lot that needs to get taken care of. There's a lot that needs to be cleaned up. And, and Sark was asked about his red zone issues. In the red zone last week, obviously, you know, didn't want to touch it, fall in the wind. Just so where do you stand on those things this week and how do you address that going to the bye week? We just got to we got a game plan better and we got to execute better. It's pretty simple. How you feel about that, guys? It's pretty simple. Well, let's ask him about the goal line failure. Why are we failing in the goal line? What can we do differently in the, on the goal line? Because as I just said, you're making it in the red zone. You're just not cashing in. You know, it's we take a lot of pride in our goal line package. It's been very effective for us uh, over the years, and we wanted to we wanted to do what we do, you know, and execute the plan that we had. And we thought we had a good plan. I think the first down play uh, looked like the linebacker kind of shot the gap. Why we didn't block him, it's hard to tell. Uh, the second down play, the, the play kind of got strung out a little bit. Um, the third down play looked like internal, you know, kind of just penetration again. And then on fourth down, we went to a play that we felt really good about. Uh, and bang, bang, right? We, we don't score by about four inches, you know. So it was a tough play for for Xavier and, you know, trying to trying to get, get in right there. So, um we got to reevaluate. And that's why I said at the very beginning, we need to coach better and we need to play better. Facts. Those are all facts. You need to coach better and you need to play better and you need to execute better when you have those opportunities in the red zone. And it's something that it, 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 the intensity in that area and the margin of area as far as space is concerned. It's important to understand that everything is quicker. You know the play that Texas ran <clears throat> against, um, I want to say Alabama last year. I want to believe. No, you know what? It was against Iowa State. It was against Iowa State where X did that whip route where he faked like he was going on the inside on the goal line and they didn't even realize it was fourth down. Where's that play in that situation? When the play works and you have success, that should be those types of play. If you're not going to be able to run it in there, if you're not going to be able to have four downs, be able to run the ball and be effective with the power backs that you have, you bring in the power package. Where's that whip route? that was so successful. you got to get that touchdown there. You have to. It changes the whole dynamic of the game. Where's that route for me? You have, you have like you said, you have packages that you can put in there. Maybe you give it to the linemen. Let them barrel through there. Big Tavondre sweat. Those are the things that I'm sitting there looking at like, come on, man. You can't have those failures on the goal line. You can't. You can't have that many times in the red zone this year as an offensive-minded coach 
that can draw and scheme up plays. We had Kobe Daniels on earlier in the week. He, he said, and I, I, I went back and I thought about this. He said, we all know that Sark can call plays, I mean, that he can scheme up plays. But is he a great play caller? I personally believe Sark is a good play caller. I believe that Sark knows exactly the tendencies and the field. And as I've been saying, he can script it up. But the players, the players are the main actors in this movie. So if they're going to be able to go out there and Sark call the play, you got to go out there and execute it. There were some bright moments in the game. There were some situations that you can be, that you could take away and say, okay, I like that. I like that. And Sark felt the same way. You know, there were some bright moments in this game. You can look at Jonathan Brooks, like I said, continuing to run the rock, continue to have positive yardage, got another touchdown, been able to go over 100 yards again. He still looks like the best back in the country to me. And he's putting up great numbers. Quinn, after that first drive, I mean, the first couple possessions, he went out there and played a hell of a game, threw for over 300 yards. We had a Jay Witt sighting. There were some good things that were happening. And Sark talked about it in his opening statement. Game, uh, tip my cap to, to Oklahoma. The, that was a nice win for them, to, for them to battle back at the end the way that they did. Uh, I, I think I think one thing uh, I never question about our group and these guys here is their fight, their resiliency, um, they, and they they absolutely displayed that today when when we didn't play our best football today. Um, you know, we, we, we turned the ball over three times, then we didn't we didn't create any turnovers. We had nine penalties, uh, which was was very uncharacteristic for us. Um, you know, one of three in the red area. Um, uh, and, and in the end, I think they have five sacks or something. And so, uh, and then, you know, our inability to, to corral the quarterback and, and his legs really hurt us there scrambling, especially in the second half. So um, that was not our best football. Um, but in the end, not playing our best football, the, the connectivity of these guys have with one another, uh, their fight, their resiliency gave us an opportunity uh, to take the lead late. Uh, we just couldn't finish the game. So, um, the promising thing is I know we can play better than we played today, and we will, um, but we need to coach better. We need to play better than we did today, and um, we got we got to take it one game at a time moving forward now. So uh, proud of the guys, proud of the way they battled and competed, um, but uh, we need to play better football uh, if we want to be the team that I know we're capable of being. Ding, 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 ding. You can still play a lot better football. You still as bad as we all felt that Texas played, they were one possession away, one stop, excuse me, one stop away from winning that game at, excuse me, as well. So as a Texas fan, chill out. It's disappointing. It sucked because you felt strongly about your team going in it. But again, it's still right in front of you. If you can't see that, you need to call my friends over at Audio Visual Consultations. That's right. It's the best time of the year. You got a chance to watch it on your big screen, or maybe you were at a bar, but I guarantee you, Audio Visual Consultations were the ones that had that up at the bar of your liking. That's what they do. They give you the home uh, theater setup of your dreams 
whether it's an indoor, outdoor, he can, uh, be, a man cave or a she cave, give Tom a call at 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. They've had you covered for a long time, and they will make sure that they get you the best setup. World Series is going to be coming up. Maybe it's the Astros and the uh, Texas Rangers playing in the final to get to the World Series. Or you can continue to watch NFL and NCAA football on those TV. Just remember, you can get it all at AV Consultations. Go to avconsultations.com or 512-255-8678 and tell them, hey, Texas Sports Unfiltered sent you over there. You know, Sark was talking about the things that were happening in this game that you can go back and look at it and the positives of it. And he's not lying. Texas out uh, had more total yards than Oklahoma. Texas had more passing yards than Oklahoma. Oklahoma had the rushing game on lock, but Texas had the most, the average play, 6.8 yards to 6 yards. Um, third down efficiency was the same. They were both 5 of 14. Texas was 3 of 4 on fourth down. Oklahoma was 0 of 1 on fourth down. Oklahoma ran the most plays, 81 plays to 78. Texas had the most penalties and penalty yards. Calm down, folks. I understand. But Texas also threw two interceptions and lost it on a fumble. So all those empty possessions from the interception, which led to points, um, and the fumble, which led to points, you got to look at this team and say, look, here's where we are. Uh, we, We are doing some major things. We're trying to do some major things. And what I mean by major, we just, um, hold on one second. I just got told what time that game is going to be for the U of H game. Give me one second. Sorry about that. Just got sent to me. Texas versus Texas at U of H will be on Fox, and it's a 3 p.m. game in H-Town. 3 o'clock game, H-Town. Texas will be traveling to U of H after this bye week. Um, but yeah, you sit and you think about this game and what you were able to see on both of these teams. You saw the grit, you saw the fight. Do you still believe that both of these teams are still the leaders in the clubhouse? Some would say yes. Some would say no. We had, uh, a texter hit us up just a second ago talking about how Kansas has their record. Okay, here you go. My man Sam did that. West Virginia's 4-1. Shocker. Uh, Kansas five and one, BYU five and what five and one. This is how this is going to go all year. Texas can control its destiny somewhat, somewhat, but all they have to do is take it one game at a time. You heard Coach Sark talk about it. I've been saying it for a long time. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. And what we've seen right now is a Texas football team that just fumbled the bag. I guess you would say this past week. They're going to be able to regroup. And I loved what my man Quinn Ewers said after the game. And he posted this on his social media. And it takes a lot. That just goes to show the growth and the leadership from within this team and what he's been able to do. He said, you won't find any tears in the State Fair of Texas, nor will you find any excuses in Austin. As much as this loss hurts, we know that every mistake was just an opportunity to improve. It doesn't define who we are. So if you're still behind this team, spread the message and drop a hook on them. 
And that is what it is. You can't just sit there and think that because you lost this game, although you're pissed off, that it's the end of the road. It's not. It's not. And the only reason why I continue to say that is because, again, I've been hit up from all angles, all angles about this game. And when you start looking at this team, the schedule, the way it's set up, the way that you continue to look at it, there's some adjustments that will be made. You have two weeks to prepare, starting now, for the U of H. That is the team that you need to prepare on. And don't take anything for granted. Do not. Don't leave any stone on turn. Go into practice and find out where the weaknesses are. Everybody's complaining about Jalen Ford not being there. Jalen still played a decent game, but he's got to. They got to understand that offense. That that defensive line for Texas was not in the backfield like it once was. He can't be a clean player. And Derek Johnson has told us this. If the defensive line is not doing their job, and I'm not saying they didn't do their job, but they didn't keep him clean, where he can get and roam the way he normally would. Things happen like that. But that is the thing. You got to give credit where credit is due. I know it's hard for a lot of people to say Oklahoma was good. Oklahoma played better. Oklahoma didn't have mistakes. And when they had opportunities to score, they scored. The red zone. Listen to the red zone chances. Six of six. Four touchdowns and two uh, field goals. Texas, one of three. 0 of three for touchdowns and one of three with the field goal. Bert Arbor did his thing. So what are, we, what are we doing? What are we thinking? Things can be corrected and know that I, Harbaugh Harge, believe that Everything's going to happen the way I expected it. Texas will still have a chance to play for the Big 12 championship one game at a time. I know that it's hard to believe because you hate losing to OU, but you still have big games in front of you. You're going to have more opportunity. And if Texas can go out there and remember, Texas did not play bad. They were dealing with injuries. You got Gunnar Helm, who I had as my offensive wild card, making plays. JT was out there. But he was out there making plays. I said big-time players show up in big games. I said Jade Barron was going to play big. Jade always play big. I know that. Sorry, folks. Not I'm not breaking any news here. But he went out there and played a great game as well. So, Texas fans, don't you can be pissed. You can be upset. But don't be discouraged all the way around because you're still going to have – an opportunity that lies in front of you. Relax, enjoy ACL. Just if you want to watch the game again and see some different things, cool. But cool out, people. You're going to be just fine. I'll tell you somebody who won't be fine in a little bit after I tell you about my friends over at Four Roofs, the number Four Roofs TX. That's right. Go to fourroofstx.com for all your roofing needs. Crazy Texas weather. We've had rain. We've had hail, a lot of it, golf ball size hail, some softball size hails in other places. If you need help with your residential or your commercial properties, 
give them a call. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. They have over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and they have a really quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. I've used them. My neighbors have used them. You should use them too. They provide an on-site project manager on every job site, making sure that you get everything that you were promised. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884. Or you can go to the number 4roofstx.com for all of your needs. And while you're doing that, holler at my friends over at Pest Wranglers. PestWranglers.com is where you go for all your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. Its basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. That's why they won't make you sign a contract because they know if you're a happy customer, you're going to stay with them. They've got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all referral sites. Pest Wranglers services most of the Central Texas area, and if you're in need with if you're in need of help with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or inspections for your residential or commercial properties, please give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. All right, folks. I know I've been avoiding it. Texas Longhorns got their uh, took an L this weekend, but nobody took an L like my Dallas Cowboys. When I say taking an L is a problem, the Dallas Cowboys got dominated from start to doggone finish. And when I say it wasn't even close, it was a very, very frustrating Sunday for your boy and the Hargers in his career. We've been sitting here waiting all day. Got a chance to watch a bunch of great games. Um, Houston, Texas, CJ Stroud is your guy. He got beat by B. John Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons, but you got yourself a quarterback. And I know where you're going, folks. You're like, uh-oh, what is going on with Harge today? You know, I said I wasn't going to do it. I said that I'm going to defend him to the end. Y'all all know I've been fighting America with my guy, Dak Prescott. I know. Y'all have, y'all have been telling me, hard to get off that bandwagon. He's not the guy. The moment, he can't rise to the moment. Folks, I will not talk about Dak again. I will not defend him. I, I, I'm still going to support, but I will not defend. I will not argue I'm not going to, you can say whatever you want about that man. I can't do it. I can't do it no more. I know, JT, where you at, bro? You finally got me to break, man. My boy Tyson has been on me about it. He's like, get him away from us. Now, I will say this. That damn San Francisco 49er defense, they held for everybody. Fred Warner, I salute you, brother. You are an absolute dog. And your partner, Greenlaw, tell me who has a better defensive duo than that crew right there. You can't. I'm not going to even debate that either. Because that duo that they have with the um, 49ers of number 54 and 57, 
You know, everybody talks about Bosa. But I'm telling you right now, Fred Warner and Devin Greenlaw, it hurts to watch those guys run around that football field. There is not a better linebacker duo in the NFL than what the 49ers have out there between those two. You come out to the big stage and you get an opportunity. America is watching you. If you're not a 49er fan, you know, they play at a different time. This is, has been one of those things where you sit there and you're looking at it and you say, man, can Dak figure out the kryptonite in this defense? No, he can't. He can't. He's making the same mistakes that he's made the last few years. Fred Warner had an INT, a forced fumble, and eight tackles. Greenlaw had five tackles, a sack, and was all over the place. And if you have paid attention to this team, the 49ers, and I have to because, you know, that's what that's my job. They fly to the football, and they absolutely beat the hell out of you. You know, I had a meme of Daniel Jones and what he was going through yesterday as the Dolphins were just kicking his butt. I mean, like every play. Evan Neal, you didn't look like you even wanted to play for him, the offense won. But I sit there and I watch the Cowboys game. And the speed and the force at which the San Francisco 49ers played at was unreal. What up, Sal? It was unreal at the speed that the, that they played at. For the Cowboys to go in there and, and only score 10 points, and it was a prayer that was answered by Cavante uh, Turpin, who ended up getting hurt in that game. But it was a prayer to throw my Dak. Great. I, I was ready to talk trash because that was a big-time throw right there. But if you paid attention to the game early, he was high with his throws. He was not as accurate, and he looked confused the entire time. You remember when Sam Darnold was playing for the for the New York Jets and he was saying, I'm seeing ghosts. Well, I think Dak was seeing ghosts out there. And I hate, I hate that. I hate that I have to say that. The Cowboys just fell into a hole early. They couldn't do anything throughout. Micah Parsons got hurt. I mean, Micah uh, Parsons didn't seem himself. The running game was not even in the same thought process. I don't know if Tony Pollard is nervous about it. I don't know why they keep making him run to the left side because it seems like anytime he runs left, he's about to fumble the doggone football, which he did last night. You sit there and you watch that game as a Cowboy fan, and the trash that you were talking before, me too, uh, the, the wheel that you believe that this team was going to the next level. Don't talk about it no more, folks. You can't. You can't walk. I mean, look, just like I said about Texas, I still believe everything is still in front of me. But for Texas, I believe theirs can be correct. For Dallas, I don't know what we got. I don't know how they're going to fix this. Dan Quinn got exposed in this game. By Kyle Shanahan, by the way, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it has changed the way that the NFL has been played. Brock Purdy, 
He's no longer Mr. Irrelevant. Put some respect on that dude's name. Brock Purdy continues to put up the numbers every single week. I think they've only lost one game that Brock Purdy has started. One game that Brock Purdy has started. He was 17 of 24, 252 yards, four touchdowns, was calm, decisive, and was on the money all night long. You talk about a command of an offense that he and Kyle Shanahan have worked together so well that you trade Trey Lance away. And you have Sam Darnold as your backup. And Brock Purdy is a quarterback that everybody in the league needs to start putting it. Nope. Not flashy. Nope. Doesn't seem too exciting to watch or in interviews. Nope. Doesn't talk trash at all. But that when that dude gets between those lines and the competitiveness that he plays with, go back and look at some of those plays that he was diamond up people. Kittle only caught three passes. He ain't caught a touchdown all year. He got three touchdowns in one game. Against the Cowboys. They just make plays. And then, of course, you got Christian McCaffrey out there doing what Christian McCaffrey does. But the Cowboys kind of kept him somewhat in check. He didn't have any of those wild plays. But the play calling, the scheme, the way that those, those plays are drawn up and the fact that he can continue to throw the ball and hit his guys in stride, Brandon IU, if y'all hadn't been paying attention to that dude, I'm mad because every time I get ready to draft him in my fantasy league, somebody picks him up right before me. It is unbelievable to it was unbelievable to watch that total destruction. Cowboys wanted to smoke and they got smoked. They were talking about this game for a long time. They got smoked. And it was an embarrassing performance. Mike McCarthy talking about after the game, uh, just say, I don't believe in burning the tape. Bro, yeah, make them suffer. Make your eyes, make your eyes hurt. Because it is unbelievable that um, to watch the way that this game went down last week. I mean, last night. Cowboy fans, what do you do next? How are you feeling? I know everybody already hates Dak, but can we? do we have to blame Dak for the poor performance by our offensive line? No time for him to see. Every interception, ball should have been caught. The one was a punt. The one he threw deep trying to hit Brandon Cooks. He did miss Brandon Cooks on a, on a deep uh, route that was down the field. He was open, threw him out of bounds. I started screaming at that point. But as you watch this team, do we still have the same faith that they can make something happen? I truly don't. I'm bummed with what we saw. Because if that's the, the mark of how you're going to be successful and you go up against the elite, 
that's the thing that carries me because I believe that they are the team to beat in the NFL. I know everybody wants I mean in the NFC in the NFC for sure. I know everybody still wants to talk about Philadelphia. Philadelphia is undefeated. They they they're winning their games. They're doing what they do. But both of these teams, Philadelphia and uh San Francisco, San Francisco first, Philadelphia second, are the class of the NFL. I know everybody still wants to talk about Kansas City. They keep doing their thing. But I'm telling you right now, if this team, San Francisco, stays healthy in the way that they played yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys, is any indication of who they are, they are going to be playing and representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind at drawing up these plays and scheming everything wrong. I mean, that was a that was a master class against Dan Quinn, who we all believe Dan Quinn is one of the best defensive minds, and I still believe in Dan. I just don't know if our offense can generate enough. I want to go back and look and see how much separation the wide receivers were getting. I want to see the time that Dak had to make plays. And I don't know if it's me, but Dak does not need to roll left that much because it seems like he can't throw it as well by rolling left. So we'll see. It was a straight-up butt kicking. I'll talk more about it tomorrow. I know that people are chomping at the bit to talk about this terrible, terrible performance by the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't blame you. I feel the same way, folks. I, I I wanted to turn the game off. As much as I love, you know, watching my, my Cowboys play, they were not good. And you're right, CB, per, fake Purdy is in the mix, and he's continued to do well. Let me tell you somebody else that does well. The Great Blue Heron Furniture Company. It is a custom leather furniture company that was started in 1991. The, they focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me just tell you, folks, this stuff is so beautiful. It is also the highest quality furniture that you can find. You will not and you cannot find a more stylish and more comfortable and more well-made furniture anywhere out there. There's a link on the bottom of this YouTube page that has a video description below. And we have our own line over there. That's right. You click on that, it'll take you straight to Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. There's a click on the link or give them a call at 512, or excuse me, 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. I'm going to get right into this real quick. Um, of course, of course, my genius son decided to get on line today. He said Purdy is 10 and 0 as a starter, and McCaffrey is 15 and 0 as a starter for the for the Niners. Yeah, that's how that works. That's that's exactly how that works. Um, it's a bad look for Cowboys fans, but it's a great look for the 49er fans. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this before we go. The baseball season, uh, postseason is underway. There has been great games so far, and it has been very, 
very eventful if you're Texas Rangers fans. Texas Rangers take a 2-0 lead, series lead as the number one seed Baltimore Orioles lose two games at home as the Rangers went on the road. Yesterday, uh, Mitch Garver hit a grand slam in the top of the third and drove in five runs, which tied a postseason record that is held by Nelly Cruz. Don't drive off the road. Uh, if you're listening on the road, Texas Ranger fan, in 2011, and Michael Young did the same thing in game six of the 2011 ALCS. The Rangers did, did some really cool stuff in this game, too. Uh, they scored 11 runs, the second most in the postseason. They had 11 hits, and they registered 11 walks, led by Corey Seager, who has shown up all season. He's my MVP of the AL, but he set a major league record with five walks. He stayed patient. He did everything he was supposed to do. He stayed within his game plan, a uh, great approach, and he's continued to do everything, especially when your team has 11 hits. You want to get some of that action, but he stayed within himself. On Saturday, they won behind Dane Dunning coming in after a poor performance uh, start by Andrew Haney. Texas bullpen has done, they've been critical in this postseason. They haven't been great, but they've done enough to keep Texas in here. The players for Texas, they have a great offense, and they continue to show up. Josh Young hit his first home run uh, in the postseason. That's a stud right there, and he also plays great defense. Nathan Uvalde will get the start on Tuesday. Uh, First pitch will be at 7.03. That's right, 7.03. As for the uh, Houston Astro fans, you got to split. They've done what they've done all year by splitting at home at Minute Maid. They're thirty-nine. They were thirty-nine and forty-two in the regular season at home. They went one and one. Uh, they win game one, six to four. Yardon Alvarez lives for the postseason, hitting two home runs. And Altuve led off the game with a home run. They got six strong innings from Justin Verlander. As always, Hector Nurse, Nurton, Neris. I don't know how you, yeah. He's the king of trash talking. He gave the people a scare in Houston, gave up four runs in relief, but that was not enough. They continued to win. They won six to four. Game two, Framer Valdez, he gave that thing up. He was terrible on the mound, but, and Carlos Correa, is he's coming back doing his best Deion Sanders impersonation like he did in the Georgia Dome. Carlos Correa is over there saying, this is my house. I built this thing. Going three for four in game two with three RBIs, and he also was flashing the leather as he made a web gym to end the game with the backhand in the hole and throwing an absolute seed. Astros lose six to two. Series is tied one to one. Jordan Alvarez continues to hit bums, and he always is repping the H. They now travel to Minnesota for game three tomorrow. 307, the first pitch on Tuesday. Christian Javier will be facing Sonny Gray. So the Texas Rangers and the um the, the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros are off today. So get your rest. Be ready to go tomorrow. But the NL is back into action. And both the leaders in the NL, the Dodgers and the Braves, both take L's at home in the opening games. They will play tonight. Uh first pitch today for the Astro. I mean, excuse me. For the Braves will be at 507. That's on TBS. Zach Riedler, who is nasty for the Phillies, and Max Free will take the mound for the Atlanta Braves, which I consider a must win. The Braves lost, took an L on Saturday, three to nothing in the red hot Phillies. I've been telling you that the Phillies are a team 
that scared me coming into it. They beat them last year, and they continue to uh, play good baseball. Spencer Strider pitched well, again, for the Braves, going seven innings with AKs, but the Braves had two errors that cost them the runs, and they didn't get any hits. I mean, they got five hits, but they couldn't drive in any runs. The Dodgers got smacked around by the Diamondbacks, 11-2, to two, the shortest outing of Clinton Kershaw's his, uh, career. He's got an ERA, folks, of 162. What? An ERA of 162? That's how bad he's been. He was only out there for a third of an inning, giving up six runs on six hit. The Diamondbacks hit four run, four home runs in that game. They ain't afraid, and I've told you that. They have Zach Gallen going tonight, who is their ace, and Bo Miller takes the mound for the Dodgers, as this is a must-win, I believe, as well for them. So the the two teams, actually, the top teams in both divisions, the Orioles are down two games to none to the Rangers. After being the number one seed, the Astros split. It was 1-1. They were the top two seeds. And now in the National League, both teams taking those L's that have got them nerfed. Man, look, this has been... A very eventful weekend. It's been kind of fun. But now we're back to the grind. What does Texas need to do? What do the Cowboys need to do? And, of course, Astros and Rangers as they're continuing to push forward. I'll talk about the NFL tomorrow as tonight you have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Raiders on ESPN. Can't wait to watch that. I know people are like, what? Fantasy implications, folks. Fantasy implications. That's the only reason why I'm looking forward to that game. And just remember this, folks. Don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Tomorrow, we got a lot going on, but coming up next is Trey and BK. As I know that they're going to have a lot of fun talking about all the madness that happened in uh, Dallas. They're going to have a lot of emotion. And as always, they're going to bring the heat because that's what they do um, with Trey and BK.